Okay, everyone, um, we're going to reconvene. I think... Uh, uh, yeah, it's working. Yeah. Um, someone had a question just before the break. Uh, <laughs> 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 Oh, is there? Hello. Hello. Should I go for it? Yeah. Um, thank you so much for uh, doing this. It's really interesting. Uh, my name is Joanna. I'm um, also from Sweden. I work a lot with Daniel and Sara here. Sara, who's uh, producing the next post dance conference in Stockholm, is also my producer in stage-related work. I'm usually a film director but I also make dance pieces. <coughs> and my question is really about that. It's about definition, because I'm curious to know how you uh, define yourself, in a way. Because uh, to give a really short background, like I come from visual art, and I direct and make films, basically. Um, but for the last 10 years, I've also had a collaboration with a Norwegian choreographer called Ludwig Dohr and we make dance shows, basically. And whenever I try to explain to people what we do, because it's not very dancey dance shows, per se, they have dancey dance bits, but they <laughs> also involve a lot of film, and a lot of speaking, and a lot of other stuff, you know? Um, so in a way, they completely fit under the suggested post-dance etiquette. Um, and being part of MDT, we, and we premiered most of our pieces at MD MDT, we're of course very aware of this discussion and it's also influencing our work. But I find it complicated to describe, both in like the visual arts industry, to describe to them what I'm doing in a dance-related context. And also hard, because I'm also dancing in these pieces, I don't feel like maybe I have enough leverage to call myself a dancer because I don't have that training and because I'm doing what you were describing, like making it up, you know, <laughs> as I go and like, can I have this space? Okay, oh, thank you very much. And for a long time, I was, for like, we've been working together for 10 years and I was kind of like on a website <coughs> and stuff. I was like, okay, I guess I'm a visual artist and maybe a performance artist. But then through like a miraculous turn of events, I bumped into Marina Abramovic and she, I was, she was like, so what do you do? And I was like, I'm, I'm just a visual artist. And I, I, didn't, I just couldn't tell her that <laughs> I thought I made performance art because that would be like spitting on her field in a way. Uh, I didn't, it's just confusing. And then when I tried to use the ter terms like post-dance, I also feel like there's a hint of elitism in there that it completely, it suggests that you have to know about dance to understand what post-dance is and specific types of dance to understand what it is. And um, so when people in the film field ask me, what do you do? And I explain to them, well, it's dance, but we're also doing this and that. And they're like, oh, so it's like a play. Well, no, it's not really a play, but it's more like, you know, <coughs> obviously, many people here can probably recognize that. And like Amanda was saying before about, you know, getting miscritiqued mis by dance critics and stuff to come and see it and like they didn't dance enough and stuff like that. And so I guess what I'm wondering is 
if if not using the term post dance and if not if you can't call yourself a dancer although you're dancing what do we call ourselves like it's really yeah it's complicated and and maybe there's not an answer but i feel like it implies that if we're calling ourselves something like post dance that does imply that people just already need to know a lot of stuff um and if you're just calling yourself a performer, yeah, it's something else. So have you redefined what you are since making pieces that are less traditional, let's say? And are you okay with calling yourself a dancer, although you don't have the formal training, etc.? Thank you. I think, I think it can change. I, um, I'm not too bothered with... Um, I mean, not too bothered in the sense that I don't really care for definitions. It sounds really cheesy and <laughs> kind of like <laughs> cliche, but <laughs> in a way, somehow, it's not. I'm. It's not a process that I'm seeing as something that uh, is fixed, and it can change and kind of like alter. And maybe there are moments where, and actually spaces where people would address me as an artist doing installations, videos, whatever. Um, and other spaces where I would be um, addressed as a dancer. Um, I think like at the beginning I was shying away from the term dancer uh, because of that internalized fear of calling myself a dancer because I had so much respect for choreographers and dancers. Um, but now I guess like when people are telling me, uh, yeah, they can call me whatever. I think there would be always a a process of naming and naming we can also like connect that to uh, colonial history and understanding of like history and of dance history for example even and that we were talking about that um, so I guess even this process of uh, categorization and classification should be undone and dismantled and that's why I'm like always skeptical with new terms you know like um, or new terms, but just like maybe some definitions are right, and maybe post dance is dance, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's alter dance. I don't know. Um, it's kind of like, but you can always shift. And I, I, but I value the the attempt at shifting something and at, at making it like not so fixed. So maybe post dance will become something else after the second conference, or and I think that's like what. I am trying to do. Yeah. Or even if it doesn't become a term or a post-term or some, you know, yeah. something labelled, just that there's a kind of experiential identity around, around it that's expansive or that's kind of continuously evolving. I think yeah. it's a conversation about language, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I think your mic is. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Does it work? No, it's not. Is it working? Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah it's, yeah, it's probably a conversation about language and how th the need to kind of identify something through mm. words. And I, also, I also think that the term itself, uh, the way you're explaining your practice, I think in a way it could just be ex defined as extended dance, including like other things, rather than like saying it's post-dance. But uh, to me, the, the term post-dance uh, is helpful in a way it doesn't only... Uh, Enable to focus on the practice of dance and the makers uh, and the choreographers, but also the whole structural uh, aspect, what supports it, uh, and how you, we relate to it. 
So it's, to me, it's beyond only like focusing on the practice itself and how do you like define yourself. It's not so much about being able to label yourself a post dancer. I would say. Well, yeah, I'd never say I'm a post dancer. I would never. I would never <laughs> say that either. Both. I feel like I'll come over quite pretentiously, really, but um, yeah, and it's often a lot to do with context that you're in, isn't it? And and you know how how one. I mean, it's a nightmare, you know, how one, especially if you're kind of experimenting across art forms, you know, it's, it's very yeah. difficult to find how you feel comfortable with, you know, describing yourself. I mean, I, mean, I tend to just, you know, say something like I'm promiscuous across art forms, you know, and, you know, that's something that I, you know, I, I, I play a lot with different mediums and things like that, and I don't really want to have to kind of, you know, say I'm this, that, and the other, because that's that's a whole other nightmare, isn't it? You know how you identify and what you know, stating that it feels then it becomes this kind of fixed yeah. thing, and I don't know whether. But I think what's complicated about that is just like because I feel like I completely agree with you. Like when it comes to me and identifying me, then I'm I'm like you. I'm flexible. I'm I'm not like I'm mm. everything and nothing at the same time. Like. Not, I'm not interested in being inside a certain box, but it's more when I'm trying to reach people who maybe don't speak this language. Like mm. what you were saying, it's about like language. So when I'm speaking to someone mm. who is a regular MDT goer, and I like I can explain in one sentence what I'm doing, and they're like, ah, completely get it, yeah. and they show up. But when I'm explaining it to someone who's not a regular dance goer, but or perhaps goes to Sadler's Wells once every year they will either not take it seriously or feel completely excluded. Yeah. And that's what my fear is, that the, by me not defining it, I'm excluding them. So I'm not trying to make this definition for myself. And that's why I think it's yeah, complicated. But it's, yeah, it just a quick thing like to say, uh, and that's true, I think we cannot dismiss that part. Because for example, like my parents are not from an artistic background and my father once <laughs> was really annoyed because he couldn't describe what I was doing to his colleague. So when his colleague <laughs> were asking him, oh, what does your son do? And he would do like, oh, he's doing performance. And they were like, what do you mean by performance? And he was like, I don't know, sometimes he's dancing, sometimes he's like, Light and stuff, but I think it's it <laughs> it can be it can be so um, like it it brings me back to this uh, quote by Gia Kangem that says that we should not forget that the language is only the container of our universe. So it's kind of like this idea of how to think of um, language as something that again, like fantasy or projection, is very concrete but yet can be transcended somehow. Um. I, I just wanted to put in, so I don't have a mic here, but um, yeah, because I think like some of the things that you're saying really brought up, I mean, I, I loved your suggestion of like alt dance, you know what I mean? It's like suddenly a whole different box of references or, you know, when you're talking about being interdisciplinary or, you know, I know there's the terminology of being undisciplined as well and that that's a way to speak about um, so uh, yeah, saying names like alt dancer, being undisciplined, like is different ways of naming, but they also speak to different things. Yeah. And I think I kind of made reference to this in the opening as well about post dance. In some ways, you've, you know, you're kind of losing the reference of postmodern dance or something, and that also speaks to a very specific moment in time or like a very specific history. And 
I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about, um, I suppose, what those references mean to you. I think, Malik, you made a very interesting point about histories of dance. Actually, and if you're talking about post-dance, like what dance are you referring to? Um, and maybe what that means for your practices here. So I'm just conscious of time, and I want everyone to be able to, <laughs> to speak. But uh, maybe then we have the two videos uh, right after the other, and then we can reconvene and really like dive into Okay, so we don't have a lot of time, but <laughs> I think um, <laughs> if you could explain a little bit the thinking behind this piece, and I think maybe actually in relation to uh, Louise's uh, remark as well. Yeah, um, this is a co-authorship between my collaborator, Ellen Fury, who's the Montreal-based choreographer. Um, and we made this piece, we started making this piece in 2016, like right after Brexit and right after Donald Trump got elected. Um, I only say that because that's when we, we were having conversations about that and like what that might mean um, for both of us and, and how we navigate the world, how we navigate collaborating with each other. Um, and I don't know. We were kind of thinking about trying to make a dance against nationalism, but eventually, in doing all the research, we kind of uh, stumbled upon autonomy, like in order to counter any kind of nationalist, like impending nationalism. We thought, okay, like let's try to do something together. So we fused together research from both of our artistic practices. We both have solo practices. Um, and we said, how about we do make this material together and then do it how we would do it, but not try to focus on like doing it exactly like the other person does it, or but just to kind of like have a framework to work with that speaks to both of our histories. Like, my, like we kind of made material together. I would make one phrase, then Ellen would make one phrase, and then we would kind of just make a piece like that, and then, um, yeah, just seeing like where that would get us. And I think. We both have quite different histories and trainings. I think at the time um, at, when we made that, Ellen was really like dancing for this choreographer called Daniel Levier, <laughs> um, who made, I don't know if anyone knows Daniel Levier's work, but like it's like quite interesting. <laughs> it's very like modern, formal, like very stark um, aesthetic. And also ha she has her own solo practice that I won't try to, co I won't try to like, sum up now, but I also am kind of interested in dance forms that I reference from my own history and also the dance forms that I'm referencing that go outside of the dance conservatory training that I had. So like, you know, this idea that when I went to dance conservatory, I had to like empty myself in order to be filled with contemporary material, but instead to just think about the dances that I learned just being where I grew up, like outside on the street in the derelict playground or like at the school dance or, um, and trying to utilize those, that material as just as valuable as this material that I learned in school. So yeah, we fused both of those things together in order to create something that we think preserves like a pluralist aesthetic in a time of which people are like turning away from that. So <coughs> that's, <laughs> that's that. Yeah. And you two, in terms of fusing elements and the co-authorship elements, in response to uh, the piece 
that you've shown me you'd like to comment? Um, this is kind of a fusion of a lot of different things. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really a presentation of something that has previously existed. Yeah. 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 But I guess just to credit, were you going to say that? Yeah, I yeah. want to credit Anne. Anna Tetzlaff here, who was the camera person in the, mm. the film. So it was very much this kind of like intertwined <laughs> kind of activity in Beatrice Dillon, who also did the soundtrack there. But the soundtrack was actually used for the Venice work. Mm. And then this kind of in amongst the audience thing was the part of the Venice work. So we just kind of slapped a, <laughs> a few different things together. But the, the film is... Um, was for um, this community TV collective that we're involved in, ELC, and Joss Spitelli's here, I think. Um, and it's based at Raven Row Gallery, which is this bizarre, and we've got this kind of bizarre studio right at the top of this gallery with stairs, which is this kind of untouched 1960s decor flat. And, and it, so we took this extract of um, Slug Horizons, which is to do with these kind of fantasies. Um, improvised fantasies and um, thought we'd put them in for this TV episode one and I think I think episode three might be happening in this space here I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but episode one was there in that and um, and this uh, the, the kind of fantasy section of slug horizons is where we're continuously trying to create scenarios for you know that are kind of erotic in some way, but we're continuously changing gender, species, time, space, environment, and um, and I think that that's like this kind of thing to do with kind of how we're continuously contradicting our own individual sort of desires and how to kind of find a place that they can kind of collaborate or find some sort of resolve in them. Mm -hmm. But there's this constant yeah. contradiction in a way of yeah. desire. Yeah, and to say that they're based on um, building sexual fantasies, so they never climax, they're, they're continuously shifting through mm -hmm. and evolving in all those ways. Um, yeah. So they weren't kind of narratives of like how we met or anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a kind of element of frustration in them as well as, as sort of collaboration. So there's, um, you know, I want her to be a donkey, I was going to say, <laughs> you might want me to be or whatever, I don't know. So there's these kinds of um, things and it, it kind of starts off in this place where it might be quite kind of prosaic, where they might start off with, you know, like Sports Direct or something and then it kind of evolves into different different kind of spatial time, more fan fantastical in a sense, you know. Yeah, like by the end we might be concepts or something like that. Yeah. Um, so this kind of thing, I mean, that whole thing about the kind of reality and fiction, and, and mm -hmm. I think it's this kind of real, you know, your one's own subjectivity and one's own imaginings and how that kind of, those narratives that you might create about somebody and how you layer though, or also receiving those narratives from other people, that kind of blur between, you know, so what, what is the kind of real or whatever and, and how those kind of the clashes and the interruptions of your own your own kind of driven fantasy and, and where that leads somebody else. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking about the ethics of desire in that as well and how, how that's really complex, isn't it? And, and completely subjective. And, and that becomes like a much more political conversation when then an audience is involved. 
like where your own kind of fantasy space meets another person's fantasy space. Yeah, and so this... So the ethical implications yeah, of that. The kind of working with consent. So quite often in our work, there is quite a lot of interaction with the audience. Um, I don't want to say participation, <laughs> uh, but interaction with the audience and how you work with kind of consent and things like that is quite important. And then I suppose that's kind of in relationship to our intimate relationship as well. So that's, um, you know, all of that kind of tough kind of negotiations that happen in collaboration and partnership um, is sort of kind of exposing that really or that being there in the work. So we had a question here. We're going to take, yeah. We're questioning, I think, a lot of this. I think no one claims here um, the use of that uh, concept. And mm -hmm. again, I think it was really just about triggering conversation. Um, and, uh, and I mean, there is room to be even more critical about the term in terms of uh, the legacy and like how does it inscribe itself uh, into a specific history as much as it is trying to like break from something else. And obviously, I mean, there was like a whole thing I wanted to discuss about the relationship between dance and discourse and theory as well, and how that kind of like also sustain a certain economy um, of dance and, and the discourse and research around dance. Um, but yeah, I think more than anything, it was here about like trying to situate the practicing. <coughs> I don't know if you want to say anything about that, but I think according to the conversation we had, we had earlier about the concept, I think that's, that's what we can say. So uh, maybe Louise should be <laughs> some of the person also, also like uh, well, responding, I guess. I, but I guess in many ways, um, I saw it as the, you know, I think Sarah Sassanelli's terminology of um, provocation. Mm -hmm. That was really what it was, I think, you know, putting, I suppose, you know, taking us from the original post-dance conference and thinking about what that terminology means or how, you know, it can be used to view the type of works that are being made. In many ways, it was a provocation to the people that we invited to participate to see, is this term useful for you? Or, you know, what, I, I suppose, what, um, yeah, what, it, what kind of it means to you or to your practices. And, um, yeah, I think it kind of a way of opening up a conversation about the type of work that I see a lot of artists making in London. So definitely not as a, as a means of labeling, but more of a means of questioning, I think. And maybe there is a proposal in your question. I think I feel like your question is more of a proposal. And I can relate to that proposal because it's an interesting one. Um, because it's kind of, um, I guess, 
Yeah, I don't know if I can. No, okay. I'm just going to stop there. <laughs> Thank you for your question. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, it, like, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what I want to say, but I, th I think, like, I want to think of your question as a proposal, and I think it's, like, that would be my response to your question. <laughs> I, I feel like there's, I've got a, quite a lot to <laughs> say on it, but I, uh, in relationship to my own personal yeah. experience of being a dancer and exploring you know dance as a medium for quite a long time now um but uh yeah it feels a bit tight for time but the kind of idea of taming i think there's lots of contradictions because there's one you know the, the training that i had it felt like being tamed and by the end of my training i felt like i wanted nothing to do with dance ever again but finding then there are actual places for me personally, and it, this feels all quite difficult language, and I feel a bit like ah, using it. Um, but I, I do experience quite a lot of. Um, it is a place that I feel extremely free inside, that, and I feel like that might be a bit of a difficult word because maybe that's lots of conditioning. But in terms of my own personal relationship to that, but that's taken quite a, that's taken almost twenty five years to shake off a lot of dance training and this kind of thing to kind of find some some place that I can I can feel quite free inside that kind of that language and for me a lot of time it has movement has offered a place that is that transcends naming and language for me but mm -hmm. I, I think yeah uh, I don't know maybe I'm naive or something or being kind of idealistic or romantic about it in some way but that has that that's been something that's been very useful for me but there's quite a lot to unpack in just that in relationship to dance but yeah yeah i think on that um note of freedom i think we should probably <laughs> get free as well knowing that there is also um a performance and many of you will have tickets this evening uh, for the performance that starts at 7 o'clock. We're going to meet in the foyer, which is just alongside um, this space um, at 5 to 7, and we'll take you up to the East Room for those of you who have got tickets tonight. But if you I'm afraid it is sold out if you haven't got tickets already. No, I'm afraid there are no tickets available, but if, you have seen, uh, if you've got tickets already, then please join us in the foyer at 5 to 7. And thank you very much to all of you and to our contributors here.